You are listening to Seniors Junction Podcast. Your hosts, Dr. Namrata Bagaria, Dr. Shabnam Daskar, and myself, Dr. Paul Merkley. Our guest tonight is Dr. Richard Fisher. Welcome. Richard, please tell us about yourself. Well, I'm, I practiced uh, family medicine uh, in a suburban um, community just on the edge of Toronto, Canada, uh, for 34 years, uh, full-time practice, um, the last 12 years with a, a large team of uh, 14 physicians, about 20,000 patients, um, which was a very pleasant experience. Um, and uh, we had a lot of um, allied health professionals, uh, such as nurse practitioners and nurses, social workers, uh, dietitian, um, pharmacist, all on staff to help us manage the uh, manage the patients. Um, so the practice included, of course, as with any family practice, um, a lot of senior uh, patients, and um, also worked. Um, as uh, for some of my career as uh, taking care of inpatients in a hospital, um, nursing home or long-term care, did a uh, lot of uh, house calls, palliative care. So a variety of, uh, variety of settings were worked in. That's wonderful. And I was very curious to know what you mentioned you worked with seniors. And what specifically is your experience with seniors or senior social isolation? Well, it's unfortunately something that you see fairly regularly. Um, certainly when I worked in the nursing home, long-term care, um, a lot of seniors would come in who had been um, fairly isolated at home. Um, and uh, so it was, it was a common problem. Also with your own patients um, in the practice, um, it, it was often uh, a challenge to manage their medical needs um, because there was often a lot of logistical issues uh, in terms of um, communicating with them, um, transporting them if I wanted to refer to a specialist um, in a different community, which is very common in the area that I practiced. Um, it was often a logistical uh, challenge to get them from point A to point B, um, even with you know, the often excellent um, assistance we have in public transit. Um, taxis are expensive, but obviously can be used. So um, these are some of the uh, issues we run into. Um, certainly having the team available uh, when um, you had situations like COVID um, was very useful because um, once it became evident that, um, uh, that the uh, pandemic was going to be lasting a while, uh, my team started phoning uh, seniors um, who we felt would be relatively isolated, um, making sure that they were doing okay, that they knew the restrictions, that they had enough medicines um, for themselves, and generally trying to um, make sure we were uh, making sure they were taken care of. So, um, yeah, social and, and physical isolation, too. I mean, very often people will have um, people that they can 
communicate with uh, by phone, by internet, by, I mean, lots of seniors use uh, email now, but uh, sometimes the, the physical isolation, just being able to get out of their living space um, could be quite a challenge sometimes. Yeah, so it, um, as a family doctor, you have to be adaptable and, and, and creative and, and, and customize um, your care often. Yeah. So, um, Dr. Fisher, thank you very much for, for that. Now, uh, as a physician, uh, how much of, you know, the social as well as the physical isolation did you find affecting their, uh, you know, blood pressure management or their diabetes or their cognitive uh, functions? Like, would you say the social isolation was like, a, it had a huge impact or uh, it was kind of not that significant? Other than the, than the COVID time, because you've been seeing them for a long right, time. Right, yeah, before COVID. Um, you know, it very much depended on, on what um, assistance they had from others. Um, if there was local family available, you know, things worked often very well, um, but very often that wasn't the case. So um, we have, we would often bring in home care. Um, pharmacists could be very helpful in terms of connecting us with patients, keeping an eye on them, um, especially since seniors are often on a number of medications. Um, and if the pharmacist noticed that um, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, XYZ um, was not uh, filling their prescriptions either regularly or perhaps too soon, you know, double dosing sometimes by mistake. Um, that obviously would impact greatly on their on their physical health, uh, blood pressure control, uh, etc. So um, yeah, it was it's uh, when when you have somebody who is living alone, um, it's often a challenge to keep things organized and moving smoothly forward, for sure. And that clearly has an impact on their health. Ken, anyways. Thank you. What would you say is your vision for tackling problems like seniors isolation, which to us is a very big problem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's, there's several components to that to that answer. Um, one I think is that as people get out of the workforce and start to enter the senior part of their lifestyle, um, to remain connected as much as possible um, to friends, family, um, organizations to take up things that may, they may not have tried before, um, belong to clubs, uh, religious organizations, the library. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of organizations that can be very helpful. Um, and I think societies, um, depending on what the medical condition of the person is, can be very helpful. Um, Heart and Stroke Foundation, Cancer Society, Alzheimer's Society, et cetera, United Way, all have um, excellent resources that can be utilized um, to help uh, people who 
either are or are at risk of becoming isolated. So these are things that families, um, friends, neighbors um, can, can utilize to um, make sure that the isolated person doesn't become more isolated. Um, safety is a key, key thing uh, with isolated individuals um, because if something happens to them, there's nobody around to help. So if financially it's possible to get the devices that detect falls, for instance, um, ideally the device that detects a fall on that a person does not have to press a button and because if they're unconscious, then obviously they can't press a button. Um, that can be uh, an, important, um, uh, an important addition to their, to their safety while they're alone, um, living alone. Um, as part of our home care teams, uh, occupational therapists can come into the homes and assess them for safety. <clears throat> and this is uh, can be a very helpful um, adjunct to their to the care and to um, to their protection, basically. Um, services like Meals on Wheels, for instance, as well, um, who will regularly see people um, can be very helpful um, in, in just monitoring a person who is a bit isolated. And, um, and they are, they tell me, they, they make a conscious effort to do that, uh, keep an eye on their clients. Um, so, you know, of course, I'm talking in the Canadian context and um, in, an, in or near a large urban center. I realize that a lot of areas, rural and lower income countries don't have uh, this range of resources. But um, well, these are some of the ideas that, that people can work with. It's very interesting you mentioned so many possible solutions. But in terms of the present day, like if we think of what's already there and what's immediately needed, what do you think are the opportunities and what are the challenges in, in, in implementing those solutions? Uh, in implementing seniors, seniors Junction specifically or? Yeah, um, it could be not Senior Junction so much, but in solutions for tackling seniors isolation, like what, what are the different range of opportunities? Like for us, we identified Zoom video call as an opportunity to connect yes. people. So that's an opportunity for us. But the challenge mm -hmm. for us is we also have to significantly invest time for training um, people who can use the, you know, our technologies fairly well. If they may know how to join a call, but maybe to use all the features of the Zoom, you know, because there are many features like breakout rooms and all. So, so those are the challenges where within the senior junction context. And so similarly, what like as a, as a physician or as a person who's worked enough with seniors as in, in, in practice, what do you think are the different opportunities that are missed? And, and what would the challenges come if those opportunities are thought or taken up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that one of the, partially missed because we've worked very hard on, on um, maximizing or improving our services. But one of the partially missed opportunities is that just that there are a lot of services out there and sometimes it's the challenge is coordinating them and, and teaching people that they're there and they're available to be accessed. 
And so to spread the word, so to speak, um, about what is available um, is, is very helpful. And, and certainly we were you know, very active you know, in my team doing that. Um, and this is where organizations like public health, um, the organizations that run home care, um, retirement homes, um, it can to make sure that the word gets out to them as well that um, that these services are available <clears throat> and um, and having a sort of a central clearinghouse for for organizing the services that are available would be would be a great starting point um, and not just looking at government services it can be private as well why not um, so that's I think one would be one further step ahead. I mean, there's already a lot of work that's been done, but it would be one further step ahead. Um, and uh, certainly, like I say, more and more seniors are um, on the internet and, and, and um, IT savvy, um, so that having the links available and the um, websites available that they can access this information makes a lot of sense. It's not only you know mental but also physical abilities that are important as well, and to have um, some way to encourage people to develop those as well. Um, certainly, when I worked in long-term care nursing homes, um, the people who were there, the physiotherapists, the activity workers, just getting people who would, had come in who clearly had not been doing any exercise at home, uh, just getting them moving up and about, um, improves their balance, reduces fall risk. Um, it's, it's, it's just simple things like that um, can be very helpful. And I think there's, there's evidence, good evidence behind all of that. That's wonderful. That's, that's uh, because my PhD thesis is actually to help seniors get moving and that's I see Shabnam smiling. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when you, like for the listeners, when you do research, there's a different way of doing work. And when you do a startup, there's a different way of working, what's scalable, what's doable. And it's hard for us to sit far away and have people work out through Zoom. Uh, and while we monitor in different parts of the screen. So though it was an intention, because if you look at the way the Canadian aging guidelines have, what's important for seniors, physical activity, social connectedness, nutrition, mm -hmm falls risk and uh, de-addiction, like no smoking and not having alcohol kind of a thing. Those were the couple of tenets of um, healthy aging um, in the mm -hmm. guidelines. And then um, as the company, uh, you know, we want to first do something which we can reach to a lot of people and in a very urgent sense. But I, I think what, what my takeaway from this uh, podcast episode is that even that one step, like he mentioned, like one step of centralized services or one step that people know, and that's positive too, because a lot of time when researchers like us innovate or when we want to do innovation, we think of big things and fancy things like, okay, let me make that next robot or let me do this and that, but we forget the basics, right? And I mm -hmm. think for me, uh, this was a very grounding experience that uh, first get that right and then think of all the other fancy things. Yeah, there's been a tremendous amount of work already done in this field, and and sometimes uh, I found that 
it was amazing what you discovered when you started looking for for services and uh, um, so much so that we um, and my team just in the last few years we hired a care what we call the care coordinator to do very to do exactly this to try and pull together services uh, for particularly exactly isolated frail um, seniors who were really having trouble managing, navigating the system on their own and to have, um, um, have them just be, to be able to coordinate it, to be coordinated to what services in fact are available um, was, was a big step forward. Yeah. yeah. So Paul, what was your takeaway and things, things you said resonated with me, uh, the word connected that you used and the idea of picking up a hobby or doing something that maybe you used to like and set aside while you worked or had your family, um, how much satisfaction I have had from picking things back up again that I used to do and, and set aside for a while, whether it's mm -hmm. music or whether it's uh, playing tennis or whatever it is like that, these things that uh, connect us with other people that um, give us a reason, something to look forward to instead mm -hmm. of just feeling limited. When, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. and, and, then, and when we combine a couple of challenges together, I was thinking as you were speaking, if, if you live by yourself and you've lost your spouse, you know, these things can compound the feeling of social isolation. When, when my wife died, the mortician said, hey, you'd better get yourself a social network. That's the thing he said he saw most often with men my age, that you, use, you lose your wife and you just sit there and you feel badly and your life is almost over like that. So, you know, we have to make, make these sorts of efforts. I'm, I'm yeah. glad that, that we're doing what we're doing. I'm glad we're offering interest things that people can can maybe pick some things up and that we're trying to address it. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. No, it sounds good. It's no, um, no. oh go ahead. No, Dr. Fisher, go ahead. Yeah, and I, I think one thing that we do have to remember too, and, and this came up in my own personal life with dealing with my mother, in fact, is to also respect the seniors' um, desires. Um, and the balance between uh, wanting to deal with the isolation, physical and social, but also respecting their desire for independence. And, and um, that trying to find the right balance there um, is, is important uh, because people still want their independence as much as possible. And, um, and this is where, you know, connecting with a family doctor or nurse practitioner, whoever their primary care provider is, and, and the team behind them can be, can be very helpful and, and not to forget that connection. And other professionals, like I say, like pharmacists who are, you know, seeing people on a regular basis um, to keep an eye on them. Thank you. Thank you. Very relevant. Yes. Yes, Paul. Oh, well, what did I get from this? Yeah. So, yeah, what I understood is uh, I think there where probably we can be the connection, as you said, Paul, 
is number one, there are a lot of services already available. And Dr. Fisher, as you mentioned, you needed a coordinator, a person to actually coordinate all of these. So one is that a lot of things already exist, but I think many a time people are not aware of, of what are the services that are already available. And then of course, to that, we can add another level of you know, the kind of services that we on, on Seniors Junction are providing. So actually, Dr. Fisher, you've given us a lot of hope that you know, because you deal with seniors every day all the time, that you know, something like what we are starting off with is going to be very helpful and really very, you know, thank, thank you so much for that. That's really, very important. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and thank you to our listeners. Um, thank you, Paul, Dr. Fisher. Do you have anything parting to say, Dr. Fisher? I think I interrupted you. Well, I best wishes in your efforts, and um, I think that uh, it sounds very exciting, and I think that this um, has great potential to help a lot of people, which is, um, um, you know, very much needed in our current environment, that's for sure, and uh, um, I wish you the very best in your efforts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Mm -hmm.